Okay, my friend, this week I have a special announcement for you. If you were here last year, you might remember that we dropped (laughs) or sold what we called little dudes, or you might know them as little gnomes. And they are just little gnomes, little clay gnomes that I make, I hand make them myself for you. And what it is, it's actually a little game. This game started with Steve's family when Steve was a kid. They would hide a little Lego dude around the house. And then when somebody found it, they would move it to a new spot. Now, this isn't like somewhere super hidden that you have to go look for, but it's somewhere you're going to stumble upon the little dude. This is a tradition that then carried on to mine and Steve's marriage. I've made them for all of Steve's family, all of my cousins. We give them to friends for holidays. They're just little tiny dudes. It's a super affordable way to give a gift. It's a little gift, but it's a way to say, hey, I'm thinking of you. Now, we wanted to take this tradition that has been near and dear to our hearts, and I should have said, this has continued into mine and Matt's family. We do this instead of like Elf on the Shelf. We actually play the little dude game year round, but we pull out specific ones come Christmas time. And so I want to share with you the opportunity to bring this game that we have cherished for so many years in our family and has been a family tradition in so many of our different family dynamics. We want to bring it into your home. So if you are interested in picking up a little dude, I am selling them this year for two weeks only. So starting Sunday the 8th, they will be available and they will be available to the people on our email list first. So if you aren't on our email list, you can go to the show notes and sign up for the bulletin board and you can be the first to know when they officially go on sale. Otherwise, go check out the website. They are going to be for sale on theboldlogic.com forward slash little dudes. Again, that is theboldlogic.com forward slash little dudes. That's where you can pick up your little dude. Now you can get a little dude for your family. You can give this as a gift. You can get them for all of the things. I am like, again, only selling them for two weeks. It's a great way to replace Elf on the Shelf and they will be there in time for December 1st. So if you order right away, they're there in time for you to get them by December 1st. Also, I am making limited quantities. So although I'm saying that I am selling them for two weeks, if I run out when I hit that breaking point, then I will shut it down. But I'm opening it up right now for two weeks only. Go check them out starting November 8th. We'll see you soon. Hope you enjoy today's episode. It was the beginning of unraveling my whole belief system of this thing that should not feel right feels right. How can this be? And what can this possibly mean about my marriage, about my whole belief system? You know, that's where the trauma was for me. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Jessica just swore. (laughs) It's because you have notes. I said, holy shit, because Steve has notes. I pulled up my notes for the episode. I thought you were working on not swearing. 
I've gotten a lot better. Not that much better, because <laughs> look what just happened. Look what happened. <laughs> I apologize to all of our listeners. Please be proud. What about to me and Matt? <laughs> Uh, nope, I don't apologize to you too. <laughs> Sometimes we don't listen to her. <laughs> Sometimes you don't listen to me. So we're not listeners. The majority of the time you don't listen to me. <laughs> it's not Just true. Just kidding. Just kidding. Yesterday, Steve and I sat and chatted for an hour after parent-teacher conferences. We did. On the curb. On, in, on the curb outside the school. In the parking lot of Did the you school. have anybody drive by and ask you if you were okay? No. People saw I think that's us. how the conversation started, though, was Jessica asked me if I was okay. <laughs> oh. oh, one of so those. So we sat on a curb for an hour. <laughs> it's been a long time since Steve and I have just sat and chatted. This is also, stuff. this is my rough season in the year. <laughs> this is when it's dark and it's cold and seasonal affective disorder sets in and not the funnest. So I had all of that to unload. <laughs> yep. Gets me every year. The first cold, dark week just like changes how I feel about life very quickly. And I always forget how hard it hits until it does. You know what's interesting is thinking about how you described that yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's exactly how I feel when I start my period every month. <laughs> so I it's have like... I have a six month period once a year. <laughs> I just <laughs> It's called winter. <laughs> I just have a few days every month. <laughs> See what I get to deal with, folks? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you cycle too, Matt. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Matt's just cheery and pleasant every day, huh, Steve? Every day. Every, every single day. <laughs> In the whole entire world. <laughs> oh, man. It was good, though. I've missed chatting, and we haven't yeah. chatted for a while. And we decided there's been less of that because we don't talk about work much. You and I, Jessica, <laughs> has already discussed. Boundaries. And I have a boyfriend now. Yeah. And that has just <laughs> led to a lot less of day-to-day chat between us as I now have. As it should. Yeah. <laughs> Our chat I time. suppose just because I have someone else that I'm doing all the chatting with. And yeah. Yep. That's good. That's healthy. It Mine is. and Steve's chat time went down significantly when Matt and I got married. It did. And now it's it goes down again whenever Steve gets a boyfriend. Depending on the boyfriend. Right. This boyfriend, it's gone down a lot, which is a good sign. I know. <laughs> that is a good sign. Why are you looking at my hands? <laughs> you were talking with them, so I was looking at them talking. <laughs> you were. You were doing like line graph motions <laughs> as our talking went down. So did your hands. Oh, we really should video this. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Why are you looking at my hands? <laughs> there was something else I was going to bring up. Oh, you were saying I asked how you were. Mm-hmm. And that's how the conversation started. And it's interesting because after you have been married to somebody and lived with them for a long time, you really know if they're okay or not or how they're feeling or what's going on just by being around them. Mm-hmm. Which is something that you can use in a good way in a divorce, or you can use to like tear the other person apart. You choose. You choose. <laughs> we utilize ours. Choose your poison. Choose your own way. adventure. <laughs> but it is like a, it can be a really good thing or a really hard thing in a lot of relationships. Yeah. We utilize it for good. Yes. 
You did yesterday. Thank you. I need a little therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) Therapist is here. So yeah. Matt, how was your day yesterday? Hmm. (laughs) Good. Matt met with his therapist yesterday, too. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to remember what I did. (laughs) Who was your therapist? Jared. Gold Yeller. Gold Yeller. (laughs) Went golfing with Jared, kind of. Not really a therapist, your friend. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's doing a hole-in-one challenge right now, trying to get a hole-in-one in in the month of October. He better hurry up. He's never got a hole-in-one in in his life. (laughs) And there's like 75-year-olds who've played since they were like, Ten who still have never gotten he a should have, like, He should broaden his time frame then. Don't, don't set it in October. Just set it on this life. I think it's <laughs> somebody else's challenge, isn't it? That he's no, it's his own. Oh, it's his own. Yeah. <laughs> he's just challenging himself. Yes. Okay. Then yeah, yeah maybe gotta have goals. <laughs> but yeah, we had fun on the course. Got a little bit of stress out, and it's a good day for it. Yeah, it was beautiful. I have to say, should have wore shorts this week. I encouraged Matt to like lean into some, I'm going to call it self-care. Yeah, I did. He's going to Utah for work. I'm like, take your bike with you, take your pickleball stuff and take some extra clothes and then just see how long you want to stay. Which I did. You did. I took two bikes. This is, you did. Why settle for one? Yeah, when you can take two. (laughs) This is the thing that I loved about Matt's trip to Utah. Besides the fact that I miss him. I always like that I miss my husband. That makes me happy. Number two, though, is Matt went to words, Utah. I'm leaving more. <laughs> no, don't leave more. <laughs> Matt went to Utah. My parents are in Utah visiting my brother. And Matt spent a bunch of time with my dad and my brother and with my whole Their family. family. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't there. And I liked that he wanted to be with them. That's pretty awesome. So you took two bikes. How many pairs of shoes did you take? That's a really good question. Pickleball shoes? Pickleball shoes. Biking walking shoes? Walking shoes, biking shoes, and then two other pairs of five. Okay, wow. So <laughs> not the answer I was expecting. Really? What were you expecting? <laughs> I thought you would have taken the same number of bikes as shoes, but. <laughs> Are you more impressed now with Matt? I'm impressed. Do you feel bonded to him? I like yeah. shoes. And in fact, I am not a light packer. No, In fact, I was we. just thinking about this last night as I was falling asleep. Which, so it wasn't for very long. <laughs> thinking about your shoes? Thinking about shoes. Here's the thing. I, and I was thinking it compared to Jessica's hair. Because <laughs> I I like shoes. And that's the way I have always expressed who I am mm-hmm. is through my shoes. Now, two weeks ago, I went shoe shopping with Jessica. And every time I'd pull out a pair of shoes that I felt like I liked, totally shut down. You're ah. so full of crap. She didn't like any of them. Jessica, you, no, no, like, no, no, you no. let Matt be who he wants there to be. There were super awesome ACG Nikes that were like hiking shoe hybrids that I had a pair of these growing up, and I really wanted them. No, you didn't. But she's like, looked at him, she's like, those are hideous. He's maybe. Like, oh, crap, I can't. She saved you from embarrassing yourself, Matt. He's hurt. But I like He's... those types of shoes. Do you really? Yes, I do. I like crazy looking shoes. Then buy them. But you make fun of me. I won't if I know that's what you really want. But I always think you're pulling uh, those shoes out. Just you are messing I'm not, with me. I'm not messing with you. Ugh, this I is really the thing like shoes. about Matt is I don't know when he's messing with me or when he's serious. When we were shopping for shoes, I thought you were messing with me with every pair that you pulled there out. There were a few that I did mess with <laughs> you, but 
at the same time, there were some that I was like, huh, I actually really like these. Then you have to say that and mean it. But then you just like roll your eyes. That's because you mess with me so much. I don't know what's real. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, this was Penny for the first probably five years of our marriage too. Still going on. Yeah. She does not know if Matt's messing with her or if he's serious. So now she just knee jerks to your messing with her all the time. And same with me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You did this to yourself, Matt. I know. (laughs) Okay, thanks. And that's why I I honestly know that. And it's not really a big deal to me if I don't (laughs) buy the shoes that I was like, oh, I would actually wear those. But why didn't you buy them then? Because I didn't really need them. I'm going to start buying you some ugly ass shoes. Swearing Swearing again. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm just feeling it today, guys. Sorry. Feeling sassy. Sorry again. I won't swear the rest of the episode, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. And like, I have a pair of Jordans that I don't know if I could leave the house wearing them because I'd get made fun of. Your Jordans? Yeah. The ones I bought you? Yeah. I like those ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I bought them for you. I picked non-offensive Jordans. Oh, good. I mean, okay. I once I thought you would like and are cool, but non-offensive. There are offensive. There are, there are some... no offensive Jordans. Oh, what does that my mean? My gosh! Will you please go check out some? I was thinking maybe Utah they had like cuss Instagram words on them, but followers. clearly you're not offended by cuss words. Can, <laughs> can you please go pick out some Utah influencers? You said Instagram followers. Instagram influencers. Utah okay. Instagram influencers, and look at their Jordans, please. And they're offensive. There are some hideous. Hideous so they're offensive because they're ugly. They're so ugly. <laughs> okay. That is the only Some reason. of those ugly ones, though, I really like. Well, then get them. That's get the thing them. is, I don't really care <laughs> what you wear. Okay. If you feel like, I mean, you and don't make fun of me, so I'm not going to. Also, gonna Matt, you compared, you. you said shoes are to you what hair is to Jessica. Yeah. I know Jessica doesn't ask your opinion of her hair. <laughs> That's very true. This is the only haircut that I've asked your real opinion on. No, it's not. Like, genuinely care about your opinion, though. <laughs> oh. So before so she, she may have asked, asked and didn't she just didn't care, care what you... <laughs> the other ones I knew I was going to switch a lot. This is a great therapy session today for us. <laughs> the other ones I knew I was going to switch a lot. This one I'm seriously considering holding on to for a lot of reasons. But... I mean, this is probably the longest you've seen my hair one way. It is getting really long. That's like an eighth of an inch. I shaved yeah. it this morning. <laughs> yeah, this morning. <laughs> you didn't shave it. You must have buzzed it. I buzzed it, but... it this morning. I'm just surprised it stayed this color. Did I tell you, Steve, that we have a creeper on Instagram who's into my hair? Like, into my buzzed head. What kind of creeper? Like, what like he... he sends me messages every time I buzz my hair or like... All right, confession, it's my fake account. <laughs> <laughs> I would like Just it kidding. if it was your bank account. And he'll like comment and be like, what what length guard are you using? And like it's gotten <laughs> fetish. Yeah, like it's a total fetish. Buzz haircut fetish. The only person who's ever asked me that is my person who cuts my hair. It's weird. Maybe they have a, a buzz cut fetish too. <laughs> <laughs> also, I keep looking at my watch because I keep getting notifications for Penny's new Instagram which I haven't turned the notifications off yet. And she is trying to bribe me into getting her some fidgets if she gets 100 followers nope. Like by a certain point. I'm like, no. Because her new account is dedicated to fidgets. fidget content. Yes. 
quality fidget content. But now she's getting all of these notifications. I saw that. Yeah. My first question would be, how is she planning to make money with this? Oh, this is a, a money making I don't opportunity? Know. I don't know if she knows if what she wants to do with it yet. She just or, wants. Or how is she planning to get her fidgets for free? Yeah. Well, and I, so I told her she should buy cool fidgets and then sell them. Like in the post, you say, you Anyways. get traction and then sell the fidget. She's like, but I want the fidget. And I'm like, you don't need this many fidgets. Ridiculous. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> now my mind's going. Um. So since we were t- now Matt's, Matt's going to start a business with Penny about fidgets. Cool. So our, our topic for today and going to be kind of an overarching topic for the month is actually what I blame my swearing on. I didn't start. On me? I, no, not on you. And your dang <laughs> shoes. Okay, carry on. I didn't start swearing and like really swearing until we got divorced. Until she married me. No, until I got divorced. That's what you told me the other day. You didn't start swearing until you married me. No, I told you I started swearing when I got divorced. Oh, maybe that was it. <laughs> so really, we should blame Steve. Freaking Steve. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My fault. No, it's not your fault. Because it's my own actions. I chose to do it. So it's definitely not your fault. Finally, she's owning <laughs> her own actions. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to share some untold stories, maybe touch on some stories we've already talked about today and then we're gonna have a special guest interview next week that will be fun i'm excited about (gasps) (laughs) i'm not telling i think i know who isn't it i'm no don't say it (laughs) it's on the board steve you can look and see it okay just don't read it out loud (gasps) oh my gosh (laughs) this will be fun it will be a fun interview so anyways we're if talk you about divorce. think you know who it is, message us. Yeah. If and somebody if guesses you guess it, it right, I'll we'll send you some fidgets. Penny, <laughs> <laughs> is that what you were going to yeah, say? Yeah, I was going to say, Penny will send you a fidget. <laughs> we'll send you a fidget we'll, and a t-shirt. We'll sneak one of Penny's fidgets away and send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> fidget and a t-shirt if Lightly you used. <laughs> guess who we're going to interview next week. Now I can't put anything on Instagram about who we're going to interview until it happens. Correct. Which I'm good at. I can do that. I can do that. All right. So what are we actually talking about today? I just tried to figure out in my head when you actually could do that. Yeah. It's too much for you, Steve. No. Overload. too much. (laughs) We we have a system for recording now, and you're never going to actually know when this episode's dropping. I don't know when this is going to air. I don't know when the one... Oh, I almost said who. With our guest will air if they'll be back to back. They will be back to back, actually. Okay. Yep. Yep. They will. Okay. So... Steve actually is prepared for this. I know. Jessica gave me homework for this episode. She said, hey, here's seven or eight episodes you could go back and listen to if you want that might spur some ideas of... Untold stories. Untold stories. And I am... And I listened to them. I am so impressed. I know. Me too. So impressed. Okay. So let's... Did you come up with anything? Not as many as... (laughs) I feel like I just set the bar pretty high. I came up with a few, but reading through my list just now, I'm like, eh, are these even worth sharing? I don't know. Do you have one that you want to pull out and share? Also, several of them are not actually untold stories or just recent things. (laughs) From our divorce? No, just... Oh. Stories that I... Oh, we have those in, in an upcoming episode. Okay, then I'll save those. Save those. Keep the notes. Okay, so what... Have we actually even told 
than what we're talking about today? We're talking about untold stories from when we got divorced. Okay, there we go. I said that. Okay. <laughs> if I didn't say that, I apologize, listeners. We thought we were prepared. Steve's going through the list. Steve's going I through am. the list. I'm trying to decide what qualifies for this and which of these I actually want to share. <laughs> uh, do we want to start with Matt? Me? Yeah, because I actually have some questions for you about your divorce. Okay. I feel like we didn't. Why don't you go ahead and ask me those questions and I'll uh, <laughs> get to those stories. Okay. So one of the things that I feel like you and I have like glanced over or glossed over, I guess is more of the correct term, when you and I have talked Braised. about your relationship with Anne. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> is that... <laughs> Did you feel like you knew Anne was cheating on you? Yes. You did. Because when I've asked you before, you said it was, you didn't really feel like. I didn't have 100% evidence. But you had that inkling yeah. of like red flag, this isn't yeah. appropriate. And I remember the first time I had that inkling was probably about two months after we got married. Really? When what we, was it? When we lived, we lived in Nampa, Idaho. Uh, that was. <laughs> <laughs> Is this how I feel about Oklahoma? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh-huh. So we had, even before we were married, I was convinced to purchase a home out in Nampa because the time was right. 2006, I believe. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Convinced Every- why? What, like you were determined to or someone convinced you to? Um, it, was, it was more of a suggestion of, hey, we should really get you into a home and started looking. As like an investment. Yeah. Yeah. And because at that time, everybody could basically buy a home. Yeah. Even if you weren't making money. Who needs money to buy a house? Exactly. So we we just moved out to that house together. And um, she would come home really late from her serving job at Famous Dave's. And uh, it was just every time. Actually, you know what? I don't think she was serving. No, it was Jaker's at that time. Okay. Anyways, it doesn't really matter where she was. What mattered was... The time that she would get home was at like two, three in the morning. And it it was just like, I didn't understand why that was happening. Yeah. And I don't know. That's when I started having that inkling of something's not adding up and something's not right. So do you feel like, because I know a lot of people who have these feelings in their marriage and for a long time just ignore them. I just no, ignore them. No, you just I'm ignore being it. paranoid. Yeah, I, Or what was your thought process? Or I need to trust. That exact thought process was, I'm going to trust the process. I'm going to trust this individual who I have promised Mm -hmm. that uh, I wasn't going to do anything to harm her. Yeah. Because I I expected that promise in return. Right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like Dr. Elias said in one of our last episodes uh, is, (laughs) if you want to be treated the way... What? Yeah. Why are you laughing? Because, because timeline of figuring out where an episode yeah, dropped. <laughs> it was last week that we recorded, but it could have been months ago that it was aired. Yeah. He basically said, like, look, I have cut out all toxic people from my life because he expects somebody to treat them the way that yeah. he treats others. Like, And so I, I kind of had made that promise, kind mm-hmm. of. Of course I made that promise because I got married to her, yeah. right? And so I was just... I kind of ignored that inkling mm-hmm. because I expected that. Had you talked to her about where she was? Oh, yeah. And so I feel like 
at that point when people have this intuition or these feelings of, I think my spouse is cheating on me or my partner's cheating on me, and it gets suppressed because you do want to trust and you're hoping that the other person's reciprocating that. And the other person is telling you, more often than not, this is what I hear. It's like a gaslighting situation. Yeah. Of, oh, it's in your head. You're so I didn't, being too I mean, paranoid. I didn't confront her saying, hey, my inkling is that you're cheating on me. No. Yeah, no. I went about it in a very more conversation of, why did you get home from work so late? Mm-hmm. Like, help me understand that first. Yeah. And, you know, she always had, had an excuse of, mm-hmm. oh, well, I had to close. I had to clean up the kitchen. I helped with whatever. And so there was always, always an excuse. So this went on, though. You guys were married or together two years-ish. Like where you were actually, I mean, you were married a little bit longer than that. But like your relationship together was about two years, roughly. Two to three. It was about three. So you just kind of went with that until you had that proof. Yeah. And we've talked about that. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back to, uh, I think it's called Ambien. (laughs) Ambien. (laughs) Go to that episode. I'll put it in the show notes as well. But that was the first time that like you had the direct proof. Yeah. And saw the evidence of that. Okay. I'm just wondering about that. And then going into your divorce, you guys were separated for a long time. Yes. Okay. Tell us a little bit about that. The separation and yeah. why we're separated for a long time and not divorced yeah. immediately. Uh-huh. Because she made it clear that she wanted the divorce. She didn't want to work through any of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Like she made it very clear that she did not want to work through any of it. And I was willing to work through it because I had made a commitment to this person. Mm-hmm. And I had in my belief system and in my church, I had been married to her and sealed to her for all time and eternity. And I was willing to work through that. And she made it very clear that she did not want to. And since she made it very clear that she did not want to, I said, okay, if this is something that you're choosing, you're going to have to file and do all of the filing and you're going to have to do the work. Yeah. And so we sat in limbo for over a year. Waiting for that to happen. And I got sick of waiting. Is that because she was undecided or just not motivated to take any steps? She's not an action taker. Okay. If it requires to do work at that time, she didn't do it. Well, and it was probably like, I mean, it's not like a process that anybody really knows how to do. So it also takes that step of. Unless it's your third time or so. Yeah, yeah. But finding things out and going Which through this, it wasn't this, breather. It you, wasn't right? no. <laughs> this is a first for all of us. So there's that. Like, I get that a little bit. Like, I went straight to an attorney that we knew, like, Steve and I knew mutually. And family law isn't even what he does. And I just said, hey, I just need our divorce papers written up. This is what we're th- I'm thinking. Um, we'll send them to Steve. He can tweak what he wants. And, and that was it. Short, sweet. Yeah, yeah, but that was just because I knew somebody and so it wasn't as intimidating to think about. I think it would be hard to like initiate that. Not that I'm justifying that it was okay she didn't take action. <laughs> just saying I can relate to feeling out of sorts Where around. Oh, yeah, for sure. Where do you and start? And whoever researches, no one's going to study 
how to get divorced. Unless you're there. <laughs> yeah, you never think that's information you're going to need. Yeah. If you're getting married. You're yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you're, uh, yeah, it's not something. Okay, one of the things that actually Anne and I have talked about, and I won't bring up a lot of what she told me, obviously, but you had the kids for that, basically that whole time. So for a total of about nine months. Yeah. I was a single dad working a part-time job because that's all I could work in order to take care of my kids. And I know like you were very blessed because you had family helping you and support there and all of that. And we've touched on the fact that Anne did take the kids during that time occasionally. But why did you have full custody? There you go. Why wasn't it 50-50? It was not 50-50 because she didn't have a place to live that was that was consistent. Okay. I re- or safe. Or safe for the kids to be. I remember right when we separated, I think there may have been a night or two that she was just sleeping out of her car. Mm. And so it just, for those nine months, she wasn't in a conducive situation to be able to take care of the kids. She didn't have a steady income to be able to provide. Jessica, what was your, were you going to reference your conversation with Anne or no? No, I mean, oh. I. it's interesting to me because I've heard many things. I think the conversation with Anne that I had was very honest at the time we had it. She was very honest with me about where she was at at that time and why she didn't have the kids. Which regarding this specific topic, she hasn't always been honest with everybody about this. Yes. And that's the thing is like now I've heard it twisted and skewed from other people or from her as to why she didn't have the kids. And it's just interesting to me to think about that and to see yeah, so situations the kids have been in since then that are similar to what she was living in then. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was people in and out of her apartments. She never knew exactly who her roommates were going to be. She never uh, like that was the situation that she had placed herself in because it was a necessity. It was a necessity that, yes, there was a roof over her head, but it was at the right price, mm-hmm. which is very cheap. Now, to put yourself in that situation, like you're just trying to take care of yourself first. And I understand and that situation. And you have to. And you mm-hmm. have to uh, until you can continue to build up that, that reserve to be able to, one, afford something where you can start taking care of your own children mm-hmm. and yourself at the same time. And at that point, when we had separated, she wasn't there. Yeah. And that's why I had the kids full time. And this is, I feel like something important to acknowledge because like this is real. Like a lot of people going through a divorce, one or both are struggling to financially be able to take care of their kids or emotionally. And that's the question too, is like, did I want my children to be with their mother? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to be in a situation where she could yeah. have the kids part of the time for sure. But until then, like until she was able to prove that to me that she could have that stability, there was, I mean, we kind of had both- It came, was mutually to, agreed yeah, on. Yeah, it was mutually agreed upon that I'm in a better situation to be able to take care of the children because I had that family support. It's interesting that one of the first things that has to be decided in a separation scenario is what is the custody arrangement going to be between two people who clearly are you know, at odds. At odds, yeah. And there is not yet a custody agreement in place. So it's interesting right. that that has to be inevitably a decision, a conversation that's navigated, and a decision that's made. Yeah. 
whether it's one-sided or it's mutual. Now, the sad part to me was now that that has passed and she's no longer in that situation, how it has been skewed and twisted to those nine months where she is twisted into the fact that I just didn't allow her to see the children. And that wasn't the case at yeah. all. What do your kids know about that nine months? Hmm. They don't remember it. Yeah, and I'm not going to, I don't really we don't talk, talk about it. Talk to them about that. It's just, if they came to us and or came to Matt wanting to ask some questions, he would talk to them, but in a the, the kind thing, manner. The thing that continues to get brought up, <laughs> and kind of by my kids, is the fact during this nine months, Hank was three and a half, Sarah was two, and I potty trade them at the same time during this <laughs> during this span in between somewhere in between this, these nine months i don't remember exactly when it was but they were both in diapers and i was like I, i'm so fed up with changing diapers i'm gonna just i'm just gonna potty train them both at the same time and you're like listen kids you've each got a dozen diapers left <laughs> and then After we're done that, you are on your own I'm cut sure, off i'm sure they had way more than that but no, i'm off to work i cut them off when cold i get turkey. back <laughs> I, I just put them in underwear and cut them off cold turkey. And um, sure, there was a lot of messes to clean up. I, rem <laughs> I remember uh, Sarah was standing in my, because at the time I was staying at my parents. And she was standing in my parents' uh, driveway. And they were riding their bikes. And she was walking up and she peed herself in the middle of my parents' <laughs> driveway. And she like looked at me like, what are you doing to me, Dad? <laughs> like... I'm like, like, this was your doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I used to be able to pee wherever I wanted. Yeah. And now she's like gingerly walking up to me like, I'm all wet. Like, <laughs> what do I do now? I was like, well, that's why you need to go to the bathroom. So anyways. Part of the process. That, and, and honestly, that's one of, you know, I, I'm proud of that. Like, I was able to. Be there to Navigate two children, one very stubborn one, and um, <laughs> be able to potty train them. And that will be a memory that will be with me forever. So here's something that I want to pull out of this for people who are going through a divorce or separated or might be years into co-parenting. First, acknowledge like the good that the other person did. Like, thank heavens you were there to help and in a situation where you could. Yeah. But also acknowledge that like Matt's saying, like Anne got to a place where she was able to take care of the kids and Matt acknowledged that change. And while I'm sure it was tentative and it was hard to change that or to let that go, you did it. Right. Because you do feel the value of them knowing their mom and having her be a part of their life. So I think the, probably the biggest change that happened for her to change that mentality of actually taking them on is she got pregnant. Yeah. She got pregnant and it was probably a reality check of, oh my gosh, this is now going to be Hank and Sarah's half-sister. There's got to be a relationship here. Mm -hmm. It's a reminder of making that the important thing. Yeah. So yeah, it was a crazy time. It was. But you were really ripped during that time because you spent a lot of time at the I gym. I spent a lot of time <laughs> at the gym. <laughs> His legs were even bigger than they are now. <laughs> yeah, my chest looked way better. My chest looked way better. <laughs> uh, hopefully you know us well enough to know that joke. <laughs> I remember your pecs, Matt. Yeah. 
nice were gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jessica man. likes to make fun of me for that. Yeah. You were so wasted. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> when I was wasted, I confessed that I liked Matt's pecs. Yes. <laughs> I liked Matt's pecs too. There are probably you. worse things I could have confessed. So <laughs> it is very true. I'm was... glad I stopped there. <laughs> it was and a humorous. We'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Steve, do you have any stories or thoughts that came to you when we were talking about our divorce? Well, just now, I thought. I'm trying to remember the details of us deciding on our custody agreement. Mm-hmm. It was you and Penny both moved back to Idaho. Yeah. And I came to visit my, I was trying to get back every third weekend. Yeah. Which was hard to do financially and with work and whatever. And it was not cheap to fly from Oklahoma City to Boise. Good grief. No. Anyway. Didn't have I don't remember what. $56 led... fares on South. No. 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 It was like 400 bucks every time. Wow. This was 10 years ago. Maybe I. I'm exaggerating. But. It was roughly around there. Okay. I want to say it was two to 400 every time. But uh, so I know what the agreement was, but I don't remember what discussion led up to that. Do you? So I think in what I've gone back and read and like remembered of our discussion around what our what I was going to do and what that meant for Penny was I remember just telling you that I couldn't stay in Oklahoma. There wasn't anything there for me. Right. We had only been there like two months. Mm-hmm. And we had, we had one set of friends that, yeah. Yeah. Like you. We I had a job there. You'd be, you didn't have a, like we'd moved into that house, but it wasn't a home for you. You had nothing there. Nothing. And we had moved into the house after, after we had the affair. Yeah. And so it, I, and we I really listened connected. to that. Up, yeah. <laughs> and you were, when we moved in, you were like, why am I even moving into this house? Yeah. Even though we had decided at that point we were staying together, you were you knew in your heart we weren't going to. Yeah. Anyway. And so I don't think I for a second even disputed. <laughs> you didn't. That no, of course, you're going to move back to Idaho and of course Penny will be with you. And I don't think there was even, was there even discussion about it? it was, I'm pretty sure I just said, yeah, that I mean, we formulated, and- yeah, I, that's basically how it went. And then we formulated a plan to make sure she saw you. Like, how do we make this work? How do we navigate this? Because like Matt's saying, like you want... You might think you don't want the other person in your child's life, the other parent, because you might be angry. They need that. They need it. They need it. Even if the parent is kind of a train wreck, on some level, they need to be able to see that and know that themselves. Like, they need to experience their parent, which, oh my gosh, can be so hard. And being a good and suitable spouse is different, a yeah. different set of qualifications than being a good and suitable parent. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's crossover there, but... So I'm glad that this was temporary, that you did eventually just move to Boise. But yeah, that was basically what we decided. And we did like try to plan things where Penny went to stay with you. I mean, she went and stayed you, with you for a week or two at one point. Mm-hmm. But that is a hard thing to navigate yeah. and to figure out. What else did you come up with? Well, let's go through your list first. <laughs> I don't know if you want to talk about my list. <laughs> uh Two, so the, of, two of our three are the same. Two of the three. No, number, they're not. Number one and number three? No. Oh. I mean, what? your number two and three were also on my list. Oh, And okay. yes, I'm not sure I want to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, do tell. <laughs> Details of the affair. We didn't really get into that. That's what I'm saying was also on my list is what Sebastian and I actually... That weekend, what that weekend looked like yeah. for you. 
we I have been surprised for the last two years that that has not come up. I don't more think we, details uh, of that. Yeah, and this the thing is, not- is. is- I don't think we need to get lost in the details. I don't know. If, I'm not talking like details, details. Right. Oh. I think it's interesting, and we've mentioned this before, that it's been almost nine years since Steve and I got divorced. No, it's been longer than that. It's been, yeah. It's been... Almost 10. It's been more almost, than nine. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost 10. It's been 10 since the affair. <laughs> Thank 10 you. Because Matt and I have been married for eight. So. <laughs> and uh, in a month or two, it will have been 10 years since the divorce. And I've never asked you details like i've never wanted to know details about the affair well i'm sure we've talked in about more details than what has been said on the podcast i'm sure of that because mm. literally what was said in the podcast like in those episodes i re-listened to it's i mean it was we just skipped we right over, over that and said <laughs> just as there are more details you've had an affair for? and you knew as soon as you got back and that was basically all we no. said <laughs> I was just wondering because I wondered what Steve might want to share of that experience of this whole. I mean, that was a big weekend in your life. Like <laughs> that changed the whole trajectory of your life. Yeah, and our life. It. Yeah, and me putting that in my notes, I thought the same thing of, and me skimming my notes at the beginning of this episode. That was me saying, I don't know if I'm going to tell him this is on my list because <laughs> I don't know. I want to get into details of that, but. I have a lot of memories of that, my first interactions with Sebastian, that I I don't remember what order they went in or which was from that initial affair while you were out of town versus... I'm sure it was... I'm sure it's a blur. I mean... Oh, it's all a blur. Do you remember the first, you know, week of high school that you first attended high school? Like, it's so exciting and... There's so many unknowns and there's so many things that happen and all it, at once. And it's like... And it was so traumatic. Yeah. It it, it was. I hold still some trauma. trauma around what I did then and what I felt then and what it meant for me and parts of it that I am... That needed to happen, but parts that I wish couldn't have and would have never happened. And I don't know, there's just a lot tied into that. But what I... I do remember one very specific interaction while you were out of town, Jessica. It was mm-hmm. not... I remember the specifics of the first time he and I were together, our first night, like when I actually went back and talked to him and met him and got to know him and slept together. I remembered a lot of details of that and how I felt the next morning waking up and how that was like an absolute turning point in my life because it did not feel how I had hoped it would feel. Mm -hmm. And that was the start of me having to say, you know, this feels right and it shouldn't. Yeah. This doesn't, I couldn't, I can't reconcile this in my head. And that was a start of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But I have one other specific memory of us getting together another day later that week while you were gone or later that weekend. I don't know if it was the next day or if it was, I don't know if we like got up and made a day out of that next day. I don't know. But we went to this lake in town. The cold starts with an H. Not that it matters, but it's just this one lake in the middle of Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. north, north end of the city that I used to go run around. It has a trail around. It's like nine miles or something. And we just went and we're walking there and talking and holding hands and like, and I just have this vivid memory of this one instance that day where we were down, the, the water level was way low and we were down like on the rocky right up part. We didn't get a Jeep stuck this time. <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember being down there and just feeling 
so at peace with him and so comfortable with him and so absolutely conflicted and just like in turmoil about being away from you and doing this to you. And I just, I just, that one instance I remember so vividly of one part of me is so calm and feels so right and so natural. And at that exact same moment, another part of me is just screaming and (laughs) having an internal battle. Oh yeah. See, it's interesting because like Matt's saying, do I need to know more details of the affair or don't, or do you know more details than what we talked about on the podcast? I don't think I do. Did you know this? I did not. I don't remember hearing this. Maybe I did, but it's not something that I remember because I remember just, I didn't need to know. That's what I remember. And I remember needing to know, okay, like, did this go on the whole weekend? That I knew. I, that was the one thing I was That was something say. that I wanted to know. You knew that it wasn't that. just a one-night stand. Yeah. You knew that we had... Connected. Connected and gotten to know each other and spent substantial time mm-hmm. together while you were away. How long were you gone? Uh, like four or five days. In my experience, and it sounds like from your experience, we... Yeah, I wanted a little bit of details mm-hmm. in my experience just so that I knew that I wasn't crazy. Yeah. That I wasn't, these inklings that I felt or these feelings that I felt or like I wasn't crazy for thinking them. So after, Matt, did you then revisit those? So all these nights that you were coming home super late, were you in fact? Oh, yeah. I was. I was so you did get answers on that? Yes. Okay. I got a lot of answers to the questions where I had an inkling of, I, that doesn't, this doesn't add up. Yeah. Something is off here. And I got, most of those answers, I didn't get details, but I have most of those answers and it makes it feel like, okay, I wasn't as crazy as I thought I was. What questions did you ask me, Jessica? What information did you get or what do you, I think, what do you know about it? <laughs> I don't remember what you I asked. Know, I know you went back to the gym, you found him, you guys were together the whole weekend. I I'm sure you, you asked. I knew you did started you have drinking. Sex? Okay. I knew you had se- had sex with him. That was, yeah. I didn't start drinking that week that you were, that weekend you were away. Uh, I'm pretty sure you did. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's something you, you tried. I don't think you like got wasted, but I remember there being alcohol. But I could be wrong. I could I could be wrong. And I, or you could be mixing we it all up know with... I could yeah. be wrong. <laughs> this is, I, um, details are all hazy. But I thought that that came after we had legit separated and the thing that sticks with the, the, me the most is like Matt talks about like these inklings that he had and you hear about people talking about their red flags of but they ignore or like suppress because they're being gaslit or they whatever for me it was like uncontrollable like i could not ignore what i knew inside of me before steve told me about the fair well you like, knew the second I, you saw me yeah, but, but like to most people, that's like this red flag. You told me nothing happened. You told me it was fine. And most people. And still Jessica has that question of, then why am I feeling that? So you didn't think, did you ever think, oh, I'm just being paranoid. Stop. Of course. Okay. But I also knew I wasn't on a like. On a deep level. Yes. Because I trust that gut so much. In me, And I think that's something that's, 
unique and a gift I've been given. But it was like, I couldn't have stayed much longer in the relationship without you telling me what had actually happened. I would because have Because you knew. Because I knew something was drastically wrong. And partially because, I mean, I knew the second I saw you, yes, we've talked about that. But then that night in bed when I was like, okay, we're going to, you know, we always had sex when I got home or when none of us was gone, we always connected that way. And, and it was exciting and we were excited to see each other and you couldn't. And that was like another like huge thing. And I know women who will suppress that and be like, oh, well, it's just he's tired or whatever he's telling me must be true. When you say I truth. couldn't, because I don't remember specifics of this. I couldn't. You wouldn't. I couldn't engage. I couldn't connect emotionally. I couldn't get hard. What are you? <laughs> I, I got to <laughs> All of the above. You like started, we started into having sex, like we were foreplay, whatever. And you wouldn't. And I shut down. You shut down. I don't know the exact details of all of it but i just remember just not sure what base you guys really got to. <laughs> <laughs> i remember we were going to think like things were moving forward and and i was but there uh, were clearly some major yes and, and i was a little hopeful i mean like this is one of those times that i i remember several times in my life crying after sex because of the emotional things that i was experiencing of myself and and this was one of them that i knew like i needed to connect with you because i needed to know we were okay and you couldn't, and it confirmed that to me, that we were not okay, that something was drastically wrong. And so, I yeah, and then you fell asleep, and then I went and sobbed for like a week straight <laughs> every time you'd fall asleep. But yeah, so the details of the affair, like I said, like I, I didn't know about this time at the lake. I didn't ask about those things. My heart knew enough, I guess, to that I didn't want the details. Since then, have there been any answers you've wanted? No. Nope. Um, Good, because I don't remember very many <laughs> details anyway. I'm not sure I could yeah. give them. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, at this point, like, what's the point? Yeah. Or even like, there was just never any point to it to me. It was something that you did. You were honest with me. I needed, I knew what I needed to know. You were honest in your feelings. One of the things that I want to go back to in all this too is that I've never considered myself to carry trauma. Like, I've never considered that I've had anything traumatic happen in my life. And recently, I've had to admit my, to myself that this was traumatic. Like, this is trauma. But it's interesting to hear you say, Steve, that it was traumatic for you as well. And I think that's something we gloss over, is that it's trauma for the person most of the time going... That's, Having the affair, who could be at fault. Like, this is traumatic for them and real for them, too. And I think I saw that. Like, I felt we were both in this trauma state. And and that's what made it that we were able to connect with each other still and be kind to each other is we both recognized the trauma. The, the trauma stems from different places. A hundred percent. For you, it was something that was happening to you that was out of your control from someone that you trusted. For me, it was something I was allowing myself to engage in. That It was a mm -hmm. side of myself that I was allowing, I was letting it out. Yeah. The side of myself that I had never let out. I was, I was giving myself permission to let it out. Mm -hmm. And I hated myself for it. And I also, it was the beginning of unraveling my whole belief system of 
this thing that should not feel right feels right. How can this be? And what can this possibly mean about my marriage, about my whole belief system? You know, that's where the trauma was for me. It's like something that I kind of want to explore now, like dive into reading about is, you know, most times I feel like we identify trauma as something that happens to us, like in my case or Matt's case or people who are abused or whatever. But then I also think, but what about the there's trauma for the person that's on the other side of things. And, And it makes me think like, what is what is trauma? Yeah. What's the definition? And I don't know this. I know what I think trauma is, but. This wasn't a turn I was planning to take <laughs> in this episode. But it I just is. know that for me that it holds, I guess, trauma, uh, just something I have been through that, I don't know, how do you, how do you describe trauma? I don't know. <laughs> We're going to look it up and put a definition, okay. though. We'll put some uh, stuff on Instagram. Go follow it there and in our newsletter, because it's definitely something that I think we should dive into now that we've opened mm. this up. But but I just think, like, we talk about our divorce and And so often, I think with all three of us is we haven't given all of the details. Like we've told you the story. And I think sometimes people feel like we went from married, divorced to just fine. Like we're fine. We made this great relationship and it's all good. But I think you forget that there is, (laughs) there was a lot of things that went into this and a lot of details that a lot of them we don't even remember, but a lot of heartache. And that's yeah. okay. That's real. It's part of the process. Okay. I feel like that's a full episode and we barely oh, <laughs> we barely got into at least the things on my list, but I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're at time, so okay. Well, and I actually have another month coming up that we could probably touch on some of these others. Send the stories over to me and I'll fit them in somewhere. No. If they're ones you want to talk about. If okay. not, we'll continue no. on. <laughs> okay, any parting words? Peace out. Peace out, Boy Scout. Peace out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a good week, (laughs) y'all. Thanks for being here. We super appreciate your love and support for listening with us, for being a part of these conversations, and for having a desire to have hard conversations and learn new things. Now, I have a couple of things that I want to remind you of. If you are ever sitting here thinking, man, I want to make change in my life. I want to let go of feelings that I I am carrying. I want to be more true to who I am and show up in a way that feels in line with who I am and want more of that in my life. Go pick up our free workbook called Change Your Story, Change Your Life. It is at theboldlogic.com forward slash free workbook or you can go to our show notes and click there. It is there waiting for you always. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, please take a screenshot and share it on social media or send it to a friend or whatever you feel like that might be a great way to share this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. I cannot wait for next week's episode when we are interviewing one of my favorite people in the world and we will talk to you then. All right, you guys, thanks for listening. Here at Husband-in-Law and The Bold Logic, we believe that there are six values that can really make your relationship amazing and take it to the next level. Those values are love, appreciation, acceptance, kindness, respect, and understanding. Today, I wanted to give you guys a challenge for appreciation. We want you guys to go and let somebody know that they are appreciated today. That can be as simple as sending a text, writing a letter, making a phone call, 
Maybe you pick up something special for them at the grocery store, just something small to let them know that you're thinking about them and you appreciate what they're doing. We've encouraged you to do this before and we're going to extend this challenge again. Go do it today. A little appreciation goes a long way.